Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way for your match reaction after Arsenal's 2-2 draw in the North London derby against Tottenham in what was ultimately a very disappointing result uh, for the Gunners. Certainly will not be the happier of the two sides with a point, which leaves them four points uh, off the pace in the title race behind Manchester City. Um, that will be a big, big boost to Pep Guardiola and his side, of course, with it being now just a couple of games in the league before Arsenal need to take on Man City, of course, at the Emirates very soon. But I'm joined to talk about the game today by Charlie. How do you make you good, Joel? Uh, I, I think good and well aren't the aren't really the words to describe it. I'm not very happy after that. I know that we'll mm. obviously get into it all, but it's just like overall disappointing. Um, it almost seemed like the first 30 minutes. Almost mm. seemed like it was like the Arsenal, Arsenal were back to what we had yeah, yeah. been wanting. We we were completely dominant. We had the chances. We had chances to go more than one go ahead. We will get into that, I'm sure. Yeah. And it's just, it's really disappointing the way that we have lost that. I think it was almost like because, as I just said, we were first thirty minutes. We were. All guns blazing, we were absolutely amazing, fantastic. And then we dropped off. Half time came. Obviously, they got a goal uh, before that, but half time came. And then it was just like with Declan Rice going off and Fabio Vieira, it just seemed like we weren't at the races. We just weren't with it. We had, we were asleep. We were. It seemed like we were tired at parts. Mm, uh, yeah. like we had actually put all of our energy into the first half, maybe into even the first 30 minutes. And then we couldn't essentially play the way that we wanted to in that second half to try and keep us going. We didn't really have many chances in that second half. We had, uh, I can't remember what time it was. It was almost like the 70th minute, I think it was. We had two shots in that second half and one of them was was the penalty. Uh, it just wasn't really good enough. And the, with how we, um, the way that we lost it, I... Uh, Jorginho is a bit, it's such, it's so infuriating because, I mean, Declan Rice, it, it seems like he's obviously gone off with a with a calf injury, I think it is. Uh, they, I think the mm. commentator said that he, uh, he had his yeah. calf strapped up or wrapped up in a bandage or something like that. Um, you can see how much the kind of like dy dynamic of our team changes when, such a big player like Declan Rice goes up and uh, off, and we and we replace him with the likes of Jorginho. I think it, if it was Partey that we uh, kind of replaced him with, I think maybe a different story. He's a bit more calm on the ball, but Jorginho, it was. Oh, I wasn't. I was not happy with him at all. There, he had multiple, multiple chances to pass. I think there were three players that he could have passed it to. And then he tried to drag it back, lost control, and obviously lost the ball. And ultimately, Son scored after I think it was a minute and a half after we scored. Yeah. And the I think it, the Man U game where we scored straight away after what they did. Now I know how they feel, and it is ridiculous how we kind of how we conceded that goal as well. And also, it was like Jorginho lost the ball, and then he's running back and telling Saliba where to be when he's trying to uh, defend against, uh, was it Kulisevsky and Son? It's yeah. like, no, yeah. you just lost the ball. Let Saliba do what he's trying to do. I'm not saying that that part was Saliba's fault, that he listened to Jorginho. I think it's a very difficult situation that he was put in, but he was put in yeah. by Jorginho in a terrible, terrible decision what Jorginho yeah. did. I think that's, 
because of what Jorginho did, it kind of, it almost seemed like it set the tone for the rest of the game. I, it, my, my kind of like hopes were down. Maybe the crowds were a little bit. I think we, it, mm. I could hear we weren't as loud as what we normally were, but he obviously lost the ball again at some point as well. And luckily we were able to, I think it might have been Saliba or so someone came to his aid anyway. And every time that I saw him on the ball, it was like, oh no, just release it, release it, release it. And it, it yeah, it was odd. It was really, really odd that second half. We weren't good, essentially. Tottenham were the better team in that second half. I, I hate to say it, they were the better team. And that was possibly because of the way that, the, the, the reason why Declan Rice went off, maybe it was because of that. Maybe it was because of, obviously, Jorginho coming in instead of Declan Rice. I, I could go off on a tangent, but obviously you're, you're going to go on to the next topic almost. But it's because Saka, it seemed like towards the end of the game, obviously he came off for Smith Rowe in the 96th minute or whatever it was, but he didn't seem mm. to. Be kind of yeah, I think he was um feeling the, the tackles from Adogi, yeah, I think yeah. it was. Um, but even look. so, it was like Adogi got a yellow card very early on in the game, and yeah, we, we didn't, didn't utilize that. We didn't utilize yeah. that, and I think that a lot of what we had uh kind of going forward was down that right hand side with Odegaard, with um Saka, with Ben White. Against the Dogi, yes, he did grow into the game, but it's like when you have players of the quality that we do against a Dogi, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna back our players. You're going to back, and you had to back yourself in that situation. Mm. Their left back's got he's young, he's not completely experienced. You are a very very good player. I'm talking. I'm obviously talking about uh, Odegaard and Saka here, and. They are so skillful. You have to back yourself. I've run mm-hmm. down the wing, cutting instead of turning and then passing it. I think they needed to be a bit better on their game today. And I think when that happened and it, it didn't seem to be working out on that right-hand side, we tried to go down the left, but it didn't seem like we really kind of threatened down that right-hand side as much as what we should yeah. have been doing. Yeah, um, we should have done uh, a lot more. Yeah, a lot more. I think... Nketiah, it was odd. I think it was odd that Jesus came off instead of Nketiah when... Um, he was done, I think, is probably the correct word. He was kind of fitness-wise. And obviously, he's still coming back from the injury. It wasn't like if the choice was between Jesus and Nketiah, you bring off Jesus. No, Jesus had a better game than Nketiah by far. And the only reason he comes off is that... Look, I've got my issues with the substitutions, personally. But, you know, the I, Jesus being brought off isn't one because the, he was Fair brought enough. off for fitness reasons. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I can understand that then. I can understand that. But it's um, like he wasn't at the races either. No, he wasn't. Uh, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm gutted because as you highlighted in the first part there was that the first 35 minutes are really strong, really good. Um, everything that we've come to expect from this Arsenal team, the energy, the directness. Uh, the suffocating of, of Spurs as much as possible. The territory was like 50% in their own defensive third for those 35 yeah. minutes. And it felt as though as soon as we scored, we lacked then that same level of kind of to, to really kind of punish them again. Yes, Gabriel Jesus had that chance, should score, should be more composed. And, and that's one of those examples where you're going to start to see the debates about whether Arsenal need to sign another striker, which I think, you know, most of us would agree that we'd like to see another set of forward come in next summer of like a real kind of they are a centre forward that is their role that is what they do I didn't have an issue with the, the selection in terms of Nketiah starting there and and Jesus at left wing I had no issue with that whatsoever in terms of the, the selection 
But the issues that I had was how the game progressed and how we dealt with the changes that we made. Now, I don't have a problem with Jorginho being brought on for Rice. That's fine. You know, he's the next in line to play in that position. No issue with that whatsoever. Um, and so, therefore, that makes sense. Bringing Havertz on, I get, because the, the, the design is to give Jorginho a bit more defensive cover, which Havertz does in comparison to, to Vieira, which, again, I understand. I didn't think Vieira was amazing in this game. No. I think he was okay. I don't think he was Agreed. bad. I think he was okay. Didn't really offer as much as he did in the Everton game um, or in the other games he's played so far this season. The issues that I have is how we then manage the game towards the end of it and when we were trying to go for the win. For me, when you're in those scenarios where you're trying to grab a winner and you're crossing balls into the box, I don't want Havertz doing the crossing. I want yeah. Havertz in the box. Yeah. This is the guy that's six foot four or whatever. Get him in the box. So when you bring, if you're going to bring off your forwards, I've taken off Smith, uh, taken off uh, Enketia, brought on Smith Rowe, moved Havertz into that, you know, that yeah. wide, uh, sorry, that centre forward position. Smith Rowe can go into the left attacking midfield role if you like. Yes, there might be some question marks again about the defensive side of things, but if you're throwing on players to try and win the game and that you're dominating possession and you're getting hit on the counter anyway, Havertz wasn't necessarily doing. He made a couple of challenges, but he wasn't transformative in stopping a, a Spurs counter. So get Havertz into the centre forward row if you're going to play him and get him into a position where he's going to score, not where he's kind of uh, pushed out into those wide half spaces and he's not necessarily being able to influence the game in any way. That said, I wasn't impressed with Havertz when he came on. You know, I'm constantly sitting here and saying we need to give this guy time. We need to give this guy the benefit of the doubt. You know, it's been only this amount of games. And I agree with that, but he doesn't start for us right now. And he's not improving, really, from what we've seen so far this season. I think he was good against Palace. I think he was decent in the first game he played against Forest. I think that he offered next to nothing in the Fulham game. He offered next to nothing in the Manchester United game and obviously made some mistakes in that fixture. He looks good against PSV in midweek. But he's not growing in confidence. He's not growing in impact. He's not growing in uh, influence on this game. And it's a case of like, yes, you can say... We need to give Havertz time, which I have said, but you also have to show in that time that you're giving them time that they are gradually going towards something. It can't be, are we still getting time, getting time, getting time? Wow, look at him now. No, it's going to be a build-up. There's not going to be a sudden click for this guy. It's not going to be like that. And if you've chosen to invest £65 million in a player and in a game like today, you bring off a 60, bring on a £65 million player from the bench you expect them to make a significant impact, which sadly he didn't do. Now, I think part of that, as I say, is to do with where he was placed in the team. And I think it should have been at centre forward when we needed to bring those balls into the box. Why he wasn't there, I don't know. Um, but that was that was certainly a, a frustration of mine. But the Jorginho mistake is just like, it's, it's really naive for a player of his experience. It's not like he's bad. It's not like he's a terrible player. He's a very, very good midfielder. And he's a very good third choice defensive mid. Yeah. When we have two injuries to Jorginho, sorry, to Rice and Partey, I've got confidence in Jorginho to come on and be a third choice DM. That is not a problem to me. And I certainly won't be joining the, the sheep that are online battering Jorginho and saying we need to get rid of this guy, et cetera, et cetera, because that's ridiculous. I also won't be getting um, on with a lot of people I've seen that are jumping on Arteta and saying suddenly, it's, it's funny, I do find this amusing, right, that you know we're unbeaten, four wins, two draws. And already our te our outs are kind of coming out. I mean, what, what are these people made of? I don't get it. It's really strange behaviour. But yeah, talk to me about any of that stuff that you agree or, or disagree with. No, you know what? I didn't actually think about Havertz in that way. I completely agree with you. As you say, he's six foot four. He's got aerial threat. I think most of the jewels that he's kind of 
he, he's been competing for, he's won because of the height, because of the fact that he's quite physical in the air. And the, the commentators actually said it themselves uh, in the game that we're, we're almost avoiding a cross every so often because we have no one to almost aim for. And Ketia doesn't add that kind of aerial threat. Chuck Havertz in there, and then you do have that aerial threat. We didn't really kind of, we didn't threaten Spurs that much at all with the crosses, at all. Uh, there, don't get me wrong, there were some crosses that just weren't going to come off. They weren't good enough, but you're going to have those kinds of crosses. But there were a couple of crosses. I, you know what? There was one cross that, that Havertz actually made. It was a very good cross. It was just that... In Ketty's positioning, just it just wasn't right. It was a bit too far towards the towards kind of Saka's side. He should have been a bit more central. There were kind of lots of different things with the crossing towards the end of the game where we need to be pressing really hard on Tottenham's defence, and we weren't doing it. And the crosses are what can do that. And the fact that we don't actually have anyone in the box that can do that because he's the one crossing seems a bit odd. Seems very very odd to me. And yeah, it just yeah. didn't seem right. I think, uh, yeah, it, yeah. Uh, there, there's other things that are that that there are for me to speak about. I'm just trying to think of them at the moment. But yeah, I think there were points where Havertz wasn't amazing. I, I completely agree with you with the fact that it's like, how long do you give him? How, how long is giving time? How much time do you give before you say, ah? Uh, yeah, okay, I'm done with him now, kind of thing. And with the fact that you said, oh, yeah, £65 million, if you bring a player of that kind of like stature on, on from the bench at half-time, you'd expect them to do something. And there's points, actually, that I've that I've seen where it's like, it seems like the players aren't passing to Havertz when he's making the runs. There are points where he's actually making some decent runs. But it's like the whole players don't want to pass to him. It, it seems like they know something that we don't almost. Don't get me wrong. There are points where he can't obviously receive the ball and he's he's trying to drag players away. But there are points where it's almost like, why haven't you passed to him? But yeah. that, that's beside the point. What I'm trying to say is it just doesn't seem like he's what... <sighs> He's not worth the amount of money that that we paid for him. We've said in previous uh, streams that maybe it's a thing of Havertz starts. Maybe it's a thing of bringing Vieira on from the bench. With the he's quick, he's he's quick on the ball. He's very agile. Maybe you need that kind of player to bring on to bring to bring on instead of to start. Maybe that's the case. I don't really know. Maybe Havertz is someone that's that needs to be more physical. Maybe he needs to be a bit more central because we haven't obviously seen that from Havertz in the Premier League for the past however many years. He has it, He has the experience up front. Mm. And mm. if we don't have that deadly striker, the, the striker that's that Nketiah essentially hasn't been over the last couple of, uh, of games that he possibly wa was at the start of the season, the first couple of games, it's like... Maybe try something different. Maybe try Havertz up front. We've tried him up front before when it's been towards the dying moments of the game where we've needed someone strong and physical up front. And for some reason, it didn't happen today. We didn't use him up front today when we should have possibly, as you mentioned, put Smith Rowe in that kind of left centre mid role, which he played against PSV. And, and he's clearly been training in that position as well, Smith Rowe. So why aren't we playing in the, in that position? Um, 
obviously that would add something different with the fact that Bakayo Saka went off. But even so, it's that there should have been something else to the way that we were set up. There should have been something else. There just wasn't that kind of spark to the say say what Odegaard did last season against Southampton. I know that we still drew that game at home, three all. But he was someone that kind of. He created something from nothing and then we get going, we get going. And it, there wasn't any of that. It just seemed very lethargic. Most of the game, it seemed like there were points where we gave up in challenges where where we shouldn't have. Mm. Um, yeah. And then also, that I, I forgot to say, David Raya, it was... It was uh, I, I wasn't entirely impressed with his performance today. Really? Um, I think he made an amazing save. Oh, it was um, it was a fantastic in my eyes. But as soon as that kind of left his foot, I was thinking that's a that's a goal. Oh my god! Mm. And then he obviously the first, that amazing. Their spot. first goal, he pushes back into a really yes. dangerous area. Mm. Um, the, the goal itself, he can't do anything about. It, it's a crossing. Um, the second goal, I mean, you could argue maybe that he he could do possibly slightly better. But yeah, I think that yeah. you have to give the the props to the forward in that situation. It's and this is the thing, like one of the things that we say about Ramsdale is that in one-on-one situations, he's the better goalkeeper of the mm. team. But across all of the metrics, Raya is better than Ramsdale for me. Mm. He's better at distribution, he's better at long passing, he's better than short passing, he's let he's better at um reaction, reflex savers, like we saw in that game today. Um it's it's you know, for me it is it's I can yeah, you can question maybe that that moment that leads to the the goal with him pushing it back into a dangerous space, but yeah, I, I don't think so. I, don't think I mean, so. personally, Is my microphone okay. Just just checking. It's it's a tiny bit quiet, but it, I can still hear you. But okay, the, it personally, the thing with Raya, it's I, don't get me wrong. I do think he's a fantastic keeper, and I I agree with you. I think that overall, he he possibly is a better keeper today. His distribution. I think was shocking. A lot really? of the time where I saw him ping a ball forward, he would lose the ball. It would either go out or they would intercept it easily. There were points where it was a bit too low. There were points where it was so lofted that when a player, when it's like Mickey van der Ven coming up against uh, Nketiah or Romero coming up against Nketiah or Jesus, they're obviously, well, I say obviously, you would kind of back them to actually get a touch on that at least. There were points where he just wasn't, it wasn't good enough for me personally with it. Um, and I was saying that at half time, there were other points as well in the second half where he would lose it. He lost the ball so many points, so many times. And when we're kind of like under the cosh, when Tottenham are pressing on us, just hoofing the ball up there when we actually do have a few options isn't the right decision. And losing the ball just adds more pressure to us. It adds more kind of confidence to the Spurs side. It adds less. And then it puts us on the back foot. And that might have been why Spurs were kind of able to get a bit of momentum. They were able to keep the ball a bit more because there was a period of that game a couple of periods of that game where we just couldn't keep the ball and Spurs did. And part of the reason why that kind of got going maybe was because of Raya's poor passing. I, I don't I don't doubt the fact that his distribution and his passing normally is very, very good. We've seen it previously. Ramsdale's passing is extremely good as well. But they do obviously have off games and it was just... 
But even so, it, it was personally, it was so poor for me that I was getting really frustrated with him. I, maybe I've, maybe I'm over exaggerating. Well, maybe I need to go back. Maybe I need to go back and watch it again um, to see that. I didn't, it didn't hit me like it's clearly hitting you that, that there was an issue, but maybe, maybe that's me. Maybe I need to go back and watch I was it say, again. Maybe I'm over exaggerating, but no, it could be either way. I, I, I didn't look at the distribution and think, mm, well, that's bad. I, I'd looked at it and thought there were moments where oh, he kicked it a bit crazily or, you know, he was under pressure and we passed it to a... I don't remember him really just kicking it out of a touch more than once or twice. So, you know, as I say, maybe I need to look back and watch it again to give you the benefit of the doubt. But yeah, again, look, there is also something to be said about the fact that we lost at 2-2, uh, sorry, at 1-1 at half time. we lose Declan Rice, who for me is the transformative figure. We don't have yeah. Thomas Partey, we don't have Trossard, we don't have Martinelli in this game. Um, we that th we lacked those figures. You know, we lacked the figures that are and have been so transformative for us at the start of this season. You know, we've brought in Marais to be the guy that takes us to the next level to help us win these types of games. And he goes off at halftime. Trossard and Martinelli, both starting left-wingers, gone, despite both of them being fantastic at the beginning of the season. Um, it, it sucks, like, that we lost those. But... If you are losing players, you have to do everything else right. And we didn't do everything else right. And Arteta got things wrong in this game. And he managed the game, for me, the worst of any game so far this season. I had no issues with the starting lineup. But for me, I I can't help but think that the substitutions were key in believing that, you know, we, we didn't pick up maximum points. Where does this leave us? Well, you know, Arsenal now have a Carabao Cup game midweek against Brentford, which we've got to try and navigate as well. Um, Brentford aren't in very good form at all. They've just lost to Everton at home. And Arsenal, I imagine, will rotate and through forceful needs. You know, I think, you know, Nelson should start this game. Smith-Rowe should start this game. Yeah. Um, Havertz should definitely start this game to try and get mm -hmm. him some confidence. Um, Hopefully, we see some recovery from injuries from players very soon. But yeah, uh, I'm hoping, and we've got to hope that Declan Rice injury is not too bad. Um, because if we don't have him for the game against Man City, my goodness me. I mean, what, what are the expectations? You lose Partey, you lose Rice, you lose Trossard, you lose Martinelli. Where does the expectations change? You know, people talk about changing expectations. But do those expect expectations start to change when you lose your number one left winger, then your number two left winger, then your number one DM, your number two DM, gone. You know, you've lost your, your number one striker for the first portion of the season as well. It's it's really frustrating um, that these things happen. Like we can talk about, well, Arsenal should assign more players. It's like Timber's out for the whole season. You know, we, and as Dan points out, maybe remember Timber, we've lost him. It's mad the injuries that we've now got in this squad. And, and that makes me think that you have to start thinking about where you're at as a club and what your expectations are, what the aims are. We should absolutely be aiming to try and win every single game that we play. But my goodness me, if we start falling off and dropping off the pace to City because we've lost all these players, I'm not exactly going to have the wildest of complaints. But what I do no, want to see is a reaction. I want to see a reaction from this team. I want to see us go to Bournemouth next weekend and have a very, in, you know, a very important victory. And I need to see some better performances from the likes of Havertz. I need to see better displays and better finishing from Jesus because that chance that he missed should have been scored, yeah. without a doubt. You need to see better performances from Inketia. You know, Saka was Saka scored the penalty. Saka got us the goal, but didn't take the initiative when Odoji got that yellow, as you pointed out earlier on, and could have been better. Um, and obviously, I think the defence is is has been 
okay. I, I don't look at Ben White, Zinchenko, Gabriel, Saliba in this game. I didn't really look to it. Yes, you could say we could defend better from the second one, but you know, I think it's a very good finish. Um, and, and obviously, the Jorginho is the guy at fault when it comes to the second goal. Yeah. So I don't necessarily look at the foundation. I'm looking at the spine and how impacted it is as well. But yeah, it's just frustrating. Just really frustrating. Any final thoughts, Charlie, before we wrap up? Yeah, it's just overall feeling really is is frustration. Uh, I mean, but then you got you got to remember that we did we have still come away with a, with a point. I guess that's the only thing that you can kind of think of. That's there's a silver lining here. We haven't lost the game. We're still unbeaten in the league. We've still, as you mentioned, we've got so many players out, but we're still unbeaten in the league. And I know that we're, however, I think you said four points off Man City now. We are playing against them. I think it's the 8th of October. They don't have Rodri. They don't have De Bruyne. It's tough. That might be very tough for them, especially if we if we get back uh, Declan Rice as well. Hopefully, we'll get him back for that game. Maybe Martinelli, you never know. But what I'm trying to say is we can still kind of... We can use this result as something to kind of rebound on. We can still kind of use this to to push ourselves for the next game and the next game because it is such a disappointing result, the way that we've played, how disappointing it was. Um, I agree with you with the fact that Havertz needs to start against Brentford. Maybe we can even see him start up front. Maybe that's something that we need to see because then it adds a bit more variation to Arsenal's game. Maybe instead of bringing on uh, bringing him on in, in the midfield, bring him on up front when is not having the best of games. Uh, I'm not saying that Havertz can be the most impactful player, but it's it adds something different to Arsenal's dynamic. So add it, so kind of trying that out in the Carabao Cup, it's a good idea. And yes, Smith Rowe needs to play. I'm glad that we're seeing him come into the side a little bit more. Um, I would like to see Nelson play as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, if with all the stuff that's coming up uh, at the like the press conferences and stuff like that from from this game, I mean, just keep an eye on on our on our channel at the moment for for everything that's going to be coming after after the game. But yeah, even just even so, it's it is. I know that we didn't lose the game as I just said, but that doesn't take anything away from the fact that it is frustrating the way that we've lost the game. So yeah, as I say, just keep an eye on what's what's to come from Arteta and. Ange Postacoglu as well, so we'll see what they think of the game. See if they're as disappointed. Uh, see if they're as disappointed as we are. Um, whether he'll say anything about Jorginho, I doubt he will because he's a he's a he's he's very well spoken in these press conferences. Arteta, he knows what he's talking about. He doesn't want to kind of shame them uh, publicly. So maybe maybe we'll he'll hear him say something. Maybe we won't. We'll obviously get a bit more of an update on Declan Rice or maybe even Martinelli, Saka, see if he's okay. They won't be able to know everything just yet, but we'll be able to know a bit more than than what we are and than what we do now. So well, Arteta has just been speaking in his press conference um, and says uh, on, on Declan Rice, he says that he came off with a back injury. Um, Vieira's... Vieira's was tactical. Lots of love for Jorginho after, after his error. Says, I love him and we love him. Um, plenty of praise for, for Tottenham in this as well. So, uh, you know, the back injury thing sparks very nervous memories of William Saliba's issue last season. So um, I'm really hoping that it's not a problem. Um, uh, he says, hopefully it's not. Uh, and Rennie was asked for, if, would he be out for a while? It's strange that a player like him has to come off. So we'll see. Um, yeah. 
I guess we'll have to wait and see on the yeah. latest regarding that. Uh, and like you said about Jorginho, yeah, I love him. Errors are part of football. We are all with him. I, and I agree. Errors are part of football. I hate it. It's really frustrating. I'm critical of it. He's, he shouldn't have done it. Um, but it's not something I associate with him as a player at all. It just sucks that it happened in this game, in this moment. Um, lovely stuff. Uh, right, let's uh, wrap things up. We'll be back, to, um, well, tomorrow, uh, Monday, uh, of course, yeah. with, uh, yeah, Monday, 10 a.m. UK time with the next episode of our Arsenal Agenda series with more breakdown of this weekend's game. Uh, you'll be able to get all of Mikel Arteta's press conference quotes on the London website. There'll be articles going out over the rest of the day and, of course, into tomorrow morning as well. So make sure you get all the fallout on the website. Uh, Charlie, thank you for your time, mate. Very much appreciated. Thank you for having me and thank you to everyone uh, jumping on now after what is a frustrating uh, result. But you've got to keep your hopes up for what's to come for the rest of the season. Don't forget, we still are unbeaten. Absolutely. Indeed. Uh, thank you for listening, guys. Drop a like, subscribe, leave your comments on anything we've talked about in today's show. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah.